All right. Tonight, we're going to start the series, uh, and the next step in the series, what the Bible says about angels. What the Bible says about angels. And what I found out is a lot of people say a lot of things about angels that the Bible never says. And so we want to know what the Bible says about it. And the truth of the matter is this. The only way we can really know about these things is we've got to read the Bible. And so people can say, well, I think or I believe it's this. Well, that's all good and fine, but we better see what the Bible says. It's the only book that you've got that is an actual authority on these kind of subjects. And the Bible is, the, is that kind of authority. Now, you take that word angel, and if you looked it up in a dictionary, it would simply mean messenger, messenger. But the truth is, it's a little bit more than that. It's a little bit more than that. That might be, and that might be part of it. It's really not their primary purpose, though. Take your Bible and go to Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to turn a lot in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can just listen along or whatever you need to do. That's fine. But in Hebrews chapter 1, we're going to see what the Bible says about this. And the Bible really defines angels. Really defines them. And it gives you a definition of what they are, and the Bible's the best way to do that. And so in Hebrews chapter number 1, in verse number 13, New Testament, it says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now notice says, are they not all ministering spirits? So I think we could say the Bible says they're ministering spirits. That'd be a good thing to call angels. That'd be a good subject, be a good, um, be a good definition of them because it's a Bible definition. And there's another place. Turn to the middle of your Bible to the book of Psalms. Psalms 104. And Psalms 104 gives you kind of the same thing along these lines. Psalms 104. Take a look at this. Psalms 104. Getting Psalms 104. What the Bible says about angels. Psalms 104. We get another description. It goes right along with this. And it talks about the Lord and he made angels. And it says in verse 4, Who maketh his angels spirits. His ministers a flaming fire. Now remember Hebrews said that they were ministering spirits. And here it says he makes his angels spirits. And then he says his ministers, talking about angels, a flaming fire. You say, what are they then? They're ministering spirits. You got it two different places. Old Testament and New Testament tells us that angels are ministering spirits. And that's exactly what they've done in the Bible. There's all kinds of things they've done. But there's one person in particular that I think of, and that's the Lord. And when the Lord started his earthly ministry, the first thing that happened to him, I don't know if you remember, he got baptized. And after he got baptized, the devil showed up. You know, that's usually how it happens. You get in church and try to do right and say, I'm going to get in church. I'm going to start serving God, get saved, get baptized, get in church and say, okay, we're going to serve the Lord in our family. You better watch out because the devil doesn't like that. They say, well, the devil doesn't bother me and I don't bother him. Usually that's because you're going the same direction. You try to break off from that direction and boy, the devil's coming after you because he doesn't want you in church. Let's just be honest. You know the devil doesn't want you to be in church. He hates that. He'd rather be doing whatever he used to do or what I used to do, all those kind of things before I got right with the Lord. And anyway, but I'd rather the Lord be happy with me. Take your Bible go to Matthew 4. Let's see how these angels ministered here. 
Matthew chapter 4. You know what happened in Matthew 4 is the, is the temptation of Christ. And right when he's getting in his earthly ministry, he's 30 years of age. He died and he's 33 and a half. For three and a half years, he ministered on earth. It was the last part of his life. And in Matthew 4, 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. Can you imagine how hungry he must have been? 40 days and 40 nights he did not eat. That's what fasting is. You say, well, I think what that means is he just gave up chocolates. No, I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> get ready and go have you a surgery sometime. And the next morning when you get there and they say, uh, did you fast all night? I didn't eat any chocolate, sir. You're not getting surgery. <laughs> that means you don't eat anything is what it means. That's fasting. That's a different thing. And so anyway... Now, I need to give up chocolates, but that's a hard thing to do. I like those little, it's during the Easter time, those little robin eggs. And then they had those little teaser bags at Walmart or like that. But you get down that right aisle, and they got the big bags. And I could eat one of them every night before bed. <laughs> Amen. And I'm for the Easter bunny. I can eat a dozen of them. <laughs> All for it. Okay, <laughs> in chocolate, I'm talking about chocolate, <laughs> verse 2, and when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread, so well, how is he tempting him there, well he's hungry, he's trying to tempt him, but he doesn't fall for his temptation, now he gets all the way through this, and the Lord gets rid of him, and he defeats the devil that day, as he always does, and it says in verse 11, then the angel, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Did you get that? Angels ministered unto him. You say, what might it be? They might have fed him. You say, well, they wouldn't have fed him. They fed um, Elijah in 1 Kings 19. You say, after when? You'll never believe it. After he fasted 40 days, or right before he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, they said, here's one more meal, and you'll make it on this meal 40 days. And that's what he did. The Lord just fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And it's a ministry. All right? That's not all. Take your Bible and go to the book of Luke, chapter 22. And we'll see at the very end of his ministry, right before the crucifixion, they show up again. Seems like they're always helping him. So I'd say angels are good things. Luke chapter number 22. You know where he's at? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane over there. And he's praying and he's trying to get his disciples to pray with him and all that stuff. And he knows that he's about to be betrayed by Judas and he, and he is in the same chapter. As a matter of fact, in verse 47, he's, Judas shows up and they take him into custody. And, all the, and you know about the crucifixion and all that. That's where all that got going. Same, it started that night. But just before that, the Bible says in verse 42, he was praying and he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but, thy, but thine be done. He said, Lord, if there's any way possible, Father, he's the son, Father, he said, let me get around this crucifixion. But he said, not my will, your will. If that's your will, I'm going to go through with it. And that had to be hard knowing the suffering he's about to, take place through his life and it says in verse 43 and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven 
strengthening him. And it helped him. You see, at the beginning of his ministry, they ministered to him. At the end of his ministry, right before the crucifixion, they came and they strengthened him so he could finish his course right there. Physically, he was weak. Now, spiritually, he was strong. But as far as the physical body was concerned, he was weak and he knew what he was about to get into. And so you see these angels show up. You say, well, they're, they're ministering to the Lord is what they're doing. They're ministering to him. And so, anyway... What does the Bible say about angels? It says quite a bit of things. And it's amazing what the Bible says that's totally against what common, whatever wisdom or whatever common talk says about them. It's amazing how much different angels really are from what most people think about. You say, how do you know? Well, I've read it in the Bible. So let's talk about a few of these things. Let's talk about the appearance of angels. What does an angel look like? You say, well, have you seen one? No. And Lot said he entertained angels unaware, you know, and all that stuff. And uh, or over there in Hebrews. Well, I'll be honest with you. If I entertained one, I was unaware of it. <laughs> so, I'm not saying I didn't, but I wasn't aware. I didn't know it was one. But I know one thing. Angels always appear, and you'll never believe this, and it's not a sexist statement. It's just the way it is in the Bible. It has nothing to do with that. But angels always appear as young men every time they show up in Scripture. And you don't always see them that way in a movie, and you don't see them that way on a TV commercial, or you don't see them that way when you're buying little figurines. People say, well, I guess I better go throw my little figurines away. Well, you don't got to go throw everything away. That's, you know, you can go overboard on stuff too. All I'm talking about, I'm just telling you what the Bible actually says about them. I can prove it too. Look in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 1 to the right of this. Acts chapter number 1. Look what it says about angels. Acts chapter number 1, the Lord is ascended up in heaven. He's already resurrected, and for 40 days he stayed and he talked to his disciples and apostles after the resurrection. And the Bible says he went up into heaven. A cloud received him out of their sight. It's the ascension, as they call it. It took place on the Mount of Olives. Then in verse 9, it says, and when he had spoken these things, Acts 1, 9, while they beheld, while they were looking, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, you say, why did they look there? Because that's the direction he's going. As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven. He's coming back the same way that he went up, is what the Bible says. You say, who was it? It was two men in white apparel. You say, who they were? I believe they were angels. And everybody I know believes is talking about angels. And if that weren't enough, there's a lot more scripture to go with that. Go back to the left to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 is the resurrection of Christ. Luke chapter number 24. Did you know that people go to Bible colleges and get Bible college degrees and they don't teach them these simple truths? It blows my mind. I think, well, what do they teach them at places like that? You ever wonder that? Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, that's the resurrection day. That's why we worship on Sundays. And that's why um, Christ was resurrected on Sunday. Every Sunday is Easter for us. 
Now upon the first day of the week, although we do celebrate a special one, very early in the morning they came unto the sepulcher, the grave, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, I guess they were, his body's gone. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. You say, who are these two men? They're angels. You read one of the other gospels, and one of them sitting on top of the, the stone there. It says an angel sitting there. You say, what are they? Two men is what it says. Pretty amazing. Two men. I'll show you another place. Go back to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 13. That's way back in the Old Testament. And so you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, then Judges. That's only seven books in. So you get to here in Judges 13. You say, well, I don't know anything about Judges. Oh, yeah, you do. You say, I do? Oh, sure you do. Judges 13 is a guy named Samson. Have you ever heard of him? Well, if you raised your hand and you heard of Samson, what's he known for? Strength. This long hair and strength. How many of you knew that? Raise your hand. Well, you knew something about Judges then. Don't tell me you didn't know anything about Judges. You'd be surprised how much you know about the Bible. Sometimes people just don't know right where it's at, but you know a lot about the Bible. Lots of people do. Judges 13. Samson had a miraculous birth. And in Judges chapter 13, verse 2, And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren. You saw what was her name? Mrs. Manoah. And bear not, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman. He didn't come to the man. I'll be honest with you, and I don't mean this to be bad because it's not always the case. But it seems like most of the time in society that women are more spiritual than men. You ever notice that? There are spiritual men. I'm not taking away from them. And we've got some wonderful spiritual men in this church. There's no doubt about that. Great ones. But it seems like you go to the average church, the most spiritual people are the women. You say, why is I don't know. So it's like they're closer to the Lord to men most of the time. You say, what do you say about that? I'll say, thank God for them. <laughs> A lot of churches wouldn't even be open if it wasn't for women. I've, I've preached in so many churches where there's just a handful of men and a bunch of women. If it wasn't for those women, they'd be in trouble right here. All right. And, of course, we could say that anywhere, but we'd be in trouble without men here, too. I understand that. But I don't know why the angel of the Lord didn't go to him, but it went to her. And it says in verse 3, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not. Said, you can't have, said uh, you're not able to have children. But thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Isn't that amazing? Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink. That's good advice. And not eat any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. That's the story of Samson. And anyway, he's going to be a deliverer. And then it says in verse 6, Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man, a man of God came unto me. And his countenance, that's his appearance, was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him, not whence he was. I didn't ask where he came from. Neither told me his name. 
You say, what did she say? When she saw him, she thought he looked like a man. You say, well, I just don't think they look well. She saw him. When, how many of you seen? That's what she said when she saw him. It's not, I mean, I wouldn't, there's no offensive thing about it. It's just the way that it is. It's the way God made them. Just the way God did that. And every time you see them, you'll see a man like that. And they, did I ever show you a scripture that says they were young men? Okay, turn to Mark 16. I couldn't remember if I did or not. Mark 16. I get talking, I forget what I said. Mark 16. Mark chapter number 16. I taught two classes last night in the Bible, and then I couldn't go to sleep. The Razorbacks have won 10 SEC games in a row, and I'm enjoying that. So, <laughs> my, yeah, that ought to get a hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I told you, those words, my wife wanted to hear three little words whisper in her ear, and I said, woo, pig, suey. <laughs> See, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> that right, Brother Tim? <laughs> We're not going to get him on our side. No. All right, Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number, he knew I was coming to him, though. Mark 16, verse 5. Same thing, the resurrection on the first day of the week. Verse 5, And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man, not an old man, a young man, sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. They were afraid when they saw it. Every time you see them, they're young, they're men, and you know what they have on? They've got on this long garment, and the Bible says it's white, and sometimes it says it's shining, but you can see where white was shining. We had that big snow, and the sun would come out. You couldn't hardly go outside. It just blinds you. It's so beautiful and white. And I enjoyed it. I was glad when it left, but I sure enjoyed it for a little while. We hadn't had a snow like that in a while. Well, these angels kind of look like that, too. And so when you see the appearance of an angel, you'll see them as a young man. Now, my Bible here, I've got a study Bible, not the Scripture, but just the guy's notes in here. He says angels are sexless. That's not what it says. And then he can't give a verse to back it up. Isn't that crazy? I'm going to go with what the Bible says over what anybody else, over what this guy says here. I'm going with what the Bible says over what I say. It don't matter what I say. It matters what the Bible says. And so I'm going with it. And I want to try to say what the Bible says. As long as I'm saying what the Bible says, I'm right. I'm right every time. But the moment that I don't say what the Bible says and and go against that, then I'm wrong, and I'm wrong every time I do that. And so the only time I can know that I'm right is through the Scripture. See, we're living in a time right now where truth is relevant to people, but it's not relevant, it's absolute. People say, well, I think, well, see, that's why we're in a mess in America right now. People stopped reading this book right here. You can't even read Dr. Seuss anymore. I, I didn't even know that was a problem. They'll get rid of the Bible now. You just hang on. They're going after it. Amen. The appearance of angels. I'll tell you, show you something else, something interesting that I saw a while back, and I showed some of you. But look in Acts chapter 16. There's a guy dying named Stephen. Acts chapter 6. I don't know if I said 16. 6. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter number 6. All right. Acts chapter number 6. And Stephen... Is a great man, and these men get him, and they 
they take him to court. I mean, they're being mean to him, and they're getting ready to stone him and kill him. I mean, I'm talking about these people are vicious. And they've come on Stephen with lies, and they've hired false witnesses against him and lying about him. And Stephen's a man of God, the Bible says. He's a great man in the Bible, one of the great heroes of the faith. And these people hate him because he's a Christian. And anyway, they hire these false witnesses and set them up, and they get him and put him in a kangaroo court, and they're lying about him and everything else like uh, people even do today. And then it says in Acts 6, verse 15, And all that sat in the council, these are wicked people, the same people that tried our Lord. These are the same group. It's the same year the Lord died. The same group that got the Lord and put him through a kangaroo court because we know Jesus didn't do anything wrong. They had to lie about him. And they hired false witnesses. That's what you do. You hire people to lie about somebody when you don't have anything on them. You probably see a lot of that today. And that'll all come out someday. And they all sat in the council looking steadfastly on him. Saw his face as it had been the face of a what? An angel. The face of an angel. That bothered me. I've read that thing I don't know how many times. I bet I've taught the book of Acts verse by verse. I'm teaching it right now in Sunday school. We're in, already up into chapter 20, 21, somewhere up in there. And I've taught that thing so many times. I'd read that and I'd say, I wonder what that means. It bothered me. I mean, 10 times teaching it. And, and after teaching it 10 times and um, studying it each time before you taught it and, and reading the Bible through over and over, and reading that stuff, what does that mean? I probably read that verse a hundred times. I couldn't figure it. And then all of a sudden it appeared to me, well, what's the face of an angel look like, dummy? <laughs> Talking to myself, by the way. I'm not calling you that. I call myself names all the time. I know what I am. <laughs> hey, dummy, that's you looking in the mirror right there, sir. <laughs> what's the face of an angel look like? Well, you get in the Bible and you start looking. and see, take your Bible and go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Here they are, and they tried to get him, and even though they got him, they couldn't get him. They couldn't get him. Matthew chapter number 28. I got this friend up north. Now, I'll just be honest with you. He's crazy. I mean, he's almost, um, he's not, he's almost with the Walker group over here, but the, the Walker group's my friends, so that makes me right along with them. <laughs> We're right here together. We're intertwined here. But he, he reminds me, you say, what's the Walker group? A Walker group is a kind that loves their country and doesn't like anybody that's against their country. That's a pretty good thing. Well, that's kind of how I am. I think most of you are that way, too. Well, this guy's in downtown Cincinnati. He lives down there. And he gets this big flag that says, don't tread on me. I don't do flags. I don't do... I'm not even politics on face. I don't do none of that stuff. But anyway, he does. And he gets this flag and he puts it on his house. I mean, it's hanging from his house. And the next morning, they burned the flag. I mean, threw gasoline on it and burned it on his house. And I mean, there's nothing left. And he told me, he said, I enjoyed that so much. I said, man, they could have burned your house down. How would you enjoy that? He says, because... I won. I said, what do you mean you won? They burned your flag. He said, yeah, but I got to them. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's almost sinister, you know. <laughs> and here they are. They got Stephen, and they're stoning him to death, you know. And they're killed, and they think, man, we've got him now. And he's got the face of an angel. He doesn't have a face of fear. He's not crying and saying, oh, oh, please don't. Man, this guy right here has got something on him that they've never seen before. 
It's amazing. What's the face of an angel? Well, Matthew chapter number 28. Here's an angel shows up. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Okay? And his countenance, his appearance, the appearance especially of his face. When you say countenance, it's talking about the appearance of your face was like lightning. Wow. And his raiment, white as snow. I guess if I compared their clothing to snow, then I guess I got it right, didn't I? Because it says so right there. These are the same people saying the same thing, and they're all reporting on it in their own words. And he says when he sees his face, it's like lightning. You know what lightning's like? You get in a dark black sky and let lightning take place, and it'll light the sky up. Lightning, L-I-G-H-T-ning, light. That's what lightning is. It's light. It's bright, too. And the thunder scares you about as much as anything. But that lightning, bam, it hits and the thunder and all that kind of stuff, you know, goes with it. But that's what his face looked like. It looked like lightning. You know what that tells me? It lit up. It shined. You know, some Christians just have that shine to their face. And that shine in Stephen's day was likened to the face of an angel, the Bible says. God got a hold of him and he helped him during that time. And it just shined and it did something else. Well, I found out in the Bible days... That a person's face shined, it showed that they'd been with God. You know why a lot of Christians' face never shines? They've never been with God. But here you've got somebody that's been with God. Stephen had been with God, and man, his face is lit up. Let me show you another guy that's been with God. So what's this got to do with angels? Well, it's the face of an angel. Look in Exodus chapter number 34, second book in the Bible. I always tell people where they're at. You say, why don't you do that? Because we have people who studied their Bible a long time. We've got people who's just started reading their Bible. And never be ashamed if you have to turn to the table of contents to find a book of the Bible. Don't You say, well, everybody else knows where they are. Yeah, but they didn't always know. Just remember, they didn't always know. You don't start out knowing. <laughs> you don't, you're not born and all of a sudden you say your first words, mama, dad, dad. Now, I'd like to quote the books of the Bible. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you got to learn that stuff, and it takes time to get that. And so Exodus is the second book of the Bible. And some of those books are still hard to find. There's some little bitty ones up in there. And I kind of, even me, sometimes I'll get going, and, and I'll say, whoops, I passed it. No, I passed it that way. It took me three or four times to get it, even though I know where they're at. But look in Exodus chapter number 34, verse 29. And here's Moses, and he wants to see the glory of God. God said, you can't see my glory. But anyway, verse 29, And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not, he knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. What happened was, the Lord said, You can't see my glory, you can't look at my face, but I'll, let you, I'll walk by you and let you see the backside of me. And he put Moses in the cleft of the rock. You'll read that in the passage. Put his hand over him. When he got back by him, he took his hand off. And Moses just saw the backside of the Lord. And even the backside was more than he could handle. And he didn't realize that after he got alone with God like that, that his face began to shine. It shone. It was shining. Then it says in verse 30, And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come nigh to him. They were afraid to come close to him. 
That's exactly how those people were with angels. It scared them. They'd never seen anything like that when they walked up on them. Well, here's old Moses. And they say, what happened to him? He didn't look like that before he went on the mountain. Yeah, but he'd been with God up on that mountain. And when he came down, he looked like it. And they knew. You know what he had to do? He had to put a veil over his face because it was so bright. He had to do that until that wore off. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be amazing if people had to walk in church and, and the ones that's been close to God, they put a veil on their face and they <laughs> Well, you don't need one today, sir, and ma'am, you don't need one, but oh, you need one over there, ma'am or sir, you need one. Get close to God, that'll happen. I've seen preachers in my life, and they'd walk in a room. I saw a preacher one time. I was down in Texas. We had a big preacher's meeting. I bet there's a thousand people there. And I was just standing there, and I looked in the back doors, and uh, it's probably an auditorium close to this size. Anyway, there came a group of preachers in, and there was one. I thought, man, there's something different about that guy. Wonder who he is. I didn't know who he was. And come to find out he was the main guy that was speaking. I'd never seen his face before. But when he walked in, I could just see there was something different about him. And I believe the guy had been with God. And boy, when he got up there and got preaching, I really believed he'd been with God. Because <laughs> he had a little touch of the Lord on him there. Something different about him. In the Bible, you'll see that. And you'll find out that when people are with the Lord, there's shining going on. At that Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2, the Lord's face shines as the sun. The Lord's face is shining. You get close to the Lord and you get that, you're going to get sunburned. You're going to glow a little bit is what's going to happen. That's what happened there. They got around his glory. <laughs> Let me just say, you want to know about angels? That's the appearance of angels. I can't tell you a lot more about their appearance other than that because that's the Bible stops there. It doesn't say much more about their appearance. But it says a whole lot about them. I'm talking about tons of stuff. We're going to talk about the existence of angels, how they got here, how many's here, the abilities of angels. You'd be surprised, some of you, what they're able to do. The different kinds of angels, what people call different angels. There are different things there. You'll find out what their purpose is. But we'll have to find out all that next time. So anyway... <laughs> We're going to stop right there.